Hello, welcome to Happy Times and Places. You shan't, I shan't be negative about any episode of Doctor Who that I watch. I accentuate the positive and see if I can guess what my special guest's favourite things about their nominated story are. Hi there, uh, this is Annie Wallace here. I play uh, Sally Sinclair on Channel 4's Hollyoaks. So... When Toby asked me which story would I like to talk about, I had a big think, and I have chosen Planet of the Spiders. Well, hello everybody. It's time for episode four of Planet of the Spiders. Uh, I had a bit of a lapse uh, last episode where I failed to choose the spiders. This is the best thing of episode three, which I think on balance I probably should have done. Well, on balance and on account of the fact that that's what our super special guest Annie Wallace did choose so um uh but also I I I, I yeah I think I uh I I struggled a little bit to keep it relevant and also to do the thing that I'm supposed to be doing here which is to accentuate the positive I do find life on Metabelis 3 tricky uh, I won't be moving there anytime soon um, the locals don't speak my language well I mean they speak my language but they don't speak it very convincingly and a couple of them don't do anything very convincingly at all uh, and um, <coughs> and uh, there's a lot of noisy CSO which uh, which would distract me from my work but anyway let's see if Planet of the Spiders episode 4 now that we've got over the culture shock of uh, of the the Metabelis blues, let's see if we can enjoy uh, what is being offered by part four. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, okay. In three, two, one. Oh no. Let's see if we can enjoy part four of Planet of the Spiders. I think the real shock of Planet of the Spiders actually is that for Pertwee's last story, these last three episodes, production-wise, have a bit of a mare because, I mean, the CSO that we can see is 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 pretty grotty. Um, some of it was so bad that Barry Letts decided not to use it, which meant that these three episodes all come in massively under time so none of them have got the right cliffhangers uh lots of them have a, a lot of repeat material from previous episodes um and uh and, and so we've got th three episodes now which which probably have material for 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 for, for two and a little bit um, and that's a shame because that must have been for all you know for for the hard work that they've done uh for you know for the whole of the era and what's interesting is i think the reason that was a surprise to me is because you know doctor who production people had, had you know been doing interviews for quite a while now and you know talked about the Pertwee era and how it ended and you know how this might have had delgado in it and this all this sort of stuff but but there was never a you know, until we got into much more detail later on in DVD ranges and things like that, 
we were never given the impression like you know we were given the impression that you know ambassadors of death was a tricky production actually i don't think that shows as much as shows here um and in fact i think ambassadors had the opposite effect to me is that when i when i watched ambassadors which i was expecting to be a mess i was amazed at what an absolutely fantastic production it is whereas this one you know barry let's i'd never sort of read a kind of yeah and um you know we did this final story with these giant spiders and the giant spiders effects were this and we did this and we took him to metabolis 3 and blah, blah, blah. and there was never a kind of and you know we we had to really cobble together the last three episodes because we didn't have enough we didn't have enough material um because we we cut bits out because bits didn't work um so walter randall by the way i did have a theory and until because the way he says Chigon here uh, I, I was slightly worried that uh, I, I, for a while I had a theory that perhaps he'd put on a really sort of cod um, sort of mock Tibetan kind of oriental kind of accent uh, because of the way he says Chigon um, that I, 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 I thought maybe that's the reason that he's been dubbed. But actually, when you hear him calling Arak outside and, and, and a couple of the other lines that he has, uh, it, it, he's not doing that. That was my imagination. But uh, I did entertain the idea that maybe he'd been dubbed because he'd been slightly offensive. But then again, you know, I think to, to even though it's a, it's, it's a game attempt, I think, uh, you know, the same effect is really kind of had by... by, by by Kevin Lindsay's accent, so they, yeah, that that it doesn't actually hold water. But it was a theory I entertained for a while. But Walter Randall, of course, goes back to the early days. Walter Randall um, was a was a, a, a favourite of Douglas Camfield, although he was first cast by John Crockett in uh, uh, the Aztecs. Uh, it was South African, I think, and he had a. But the reason, so he's actually more associated with the Hartnell era because he's in he's Elakir in the Crusade and. Uh, uh, he's in the Daleks' master plan, um, but um, he's Slocum in Inferno. But he also uh, open. Uh, I think John, he and John Pertwee had a restaurant together, or he had he had a restaurant, and uh, and, and Pertwee, you know, owned uh, had a holding in it. And uh, I know because Julian Glover used to. Julian Glover told me that he used to uh, eat there a lot. Uh, he said it was all right. Um, so that was that was Walter Randall, who uh, 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 is then interviewed on the Aztecs DVD and and and, is, and hasn't done his shirt up properly, and you can see his tummy. It's a funny old thing that. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, uh, and and he's an interesting actor because sometimes he's good and sometimes he's not, and I, I think a lot of a lot of Camfield favourites are a bit like that, um, but. Uh, uh, that now this this I I I I I, I think this I, I sometimes don't give the script of this story its credit because of course we're we're setting up now I I think the way that it feeds in things like this you know we've got we've we're re-establishing the character of Tommy and that that's useful in that scene because it's showing that. Uh, Lupton's guys are worried about the absence of Lupton and that they've lost their way a little bit but Tommy interrupts them to show why they have to be a little bit furtive as well but there's a do not disturb sign on so 
Barn says the, the 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 casual thing that you say if you're angry with somebody who's who's interrupted something and you've got a sign outside saying it. He says, "Can't you read?" And of course, Tommy can't read. And then we have that little scene to re-emphasize the fact that Tommy can't read, which has become a become a vital importance, uh, particularly in this episode. So I think that's that's very neatly woven back into the story. Um, Uh, Gareth Hunt's a bit of a legend, isn't he? I mean, he was by the, by the time I was conscious of him, he was famous for the Nescafe adverts where people would shake the coffee beans. Well, good, you know, good, good sort of recognisable actors, Diane Keane, Gareth Hunt, uh, and so then he sort of sent up that persona a little bit later. But he'd been a you know been a good solid straight actor. And I, I'm sure, I'm sure, is it the Michael Winner film Parting Shots in which he's got quite a small part? But it, 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 somebody. I think it got so many bad reviews, but there's one review where somebody said, this film is awful, but Gareth Hunt's really good in it. So a couple of the posters had, Gareth Hunt's absolutely amazing, and he's not even one of the sort of main featured actors. And I know that, I think they tried to get him for the commentary of this, um, but that he was he was quite ill and he, he died shortly after. Um, but but um, I, I, I mean, the, the, the commentary of this is the same people on all all the episodes and 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 so slightly before my time um and uh, i i was i was slightly annoyed when i saw um richard molesworth who was the comedy producer who's a mate i know richard um say on a forum once yeah i, I think i prefer the, the the commentaries that are unmoderated and it's like there's a bit on this one where they talk about who gareth thomas uh, gareth hunt is and it's clear that they're actually talking about gareth thomas but they don't they don't mention Gareth Thomas by name because it's the wrong person. They're sort of going, oh, yeah, he's the guy with the black curly hair who's in Blake 7. And they, and I think Elizabeth said goes, oh, yeah, I know who you mean. And they don't actually get anywhere with that conversation that takes ages. So as a view, as a listener, you're going, I know what you mean and you're all wrong. Uh, you haven't got the producer in the boxes. And, uh, whereas if a moderator was there, they'd be able to clear it up and move on. So... Um, but of course I would say that because I moderate DVD commentaries, but I was, yeah, I was just slightly, well, it's all very well for you to say that you prefer them without moderators, but when they don't have them, that sort of thing happens. Um, but as I say, of course I would say that. Um, uh, but, and, and I also think that, you know, slightly later in the, in the range, we would have, we would have, to, you know tried to probably got terry lodge in for a couple of episodes probably got the designer in for a couple of episodes i think i think early in the range they they relied t too often on the you know on just the big hitters but then again all that said um when this was released on dvd um elizabeth sladen and nicholas courtney had both died in quite quick succession so um uh you know you actually go well thank god we've got as much as them as we did so uh yeah so so it makes your own little self-indulgent complaints have a have a slightly different perspective oh i'm being quite buddhist aren't i i'm having the the refreshing perceptive of cleansing cleansing out my own ego uh in order to um be much more pragmatic about things that uh uh, there's no point in allowing to to sting one. I I do quite like the I'm I there's 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 watching this and considering this story at the at the sort of other side of um start entering recovery for alcoholism uh, is that um, a lot of the sort of stuff about 
putting your own ego to one side and looking at things from a fresh perspective and rebirth that are very Buddhisty are also part of the things that you have to do you don't have to do but that but are the part of the process that that keeps you on the straight and narrow when you're when you're not drinking because um, a lot of that is about ego and about resentment and about um, you know not letting go of things which this story is absolutely about the opposite it's about saying let go of things it's about saying don't let your ego and your resentments dominate you and uh, you know I, I started on that track uh, during a very important scene uh, uh, where, where, where Tommy you know has had his mind cleansed um, although God bless you, Joanna Monroe, for saying the line, squabbling like herd boys with your mother half distracted, which is about as terrible a line as you could ever have to say. And she did it very well. Um, and uh, uh, it's, it's, and that's, because on paper, this cast on Metabilis is superb, but they're, then I don't think they're the best written of parts. Um, uh, but they 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 do their they do their jolly best. And poor old Pertwee now is at the beginning of the sort of process of him being sort of uh, you know bashed about from arsehole to breakfast time, uh, uh, which which means that he gets you know he he you know he gets a proper comeuppance as it were, which is nice. You know you you, you sort of think oh he could re he could regenerate at any point now. He's got a brilliant face. He looks so good on camera. Um, but the Tommy stuff is really fascinating to me because. It's something that comes from a really decent place. The character of Tommy is not patronised, except for when it's important that he's patronised to show how badly he's being treated. But um, you know, he's he's he he is he is the the one decent sort of unsullied person in this, really, because of his innocence. But his innocence that he has is is because he is. Um, you know he has he has learning difficulties so it is you know that is characterized as well he's 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 not got the mental capacity to have um learned all the egregiousness that comes with being a human within society and the things like ego and grasp for grasping for power and resentment at your boss for 25 years in as in insurance sales uh, or wanting too much knowledge or wanting a big crystal you know whatever whatever it is that are the flaws of the people here tommy is impervious to those things but then the crystal does what it does to him and makes him better in inverted commas but of course you know now when we we, we look at aspects of disability the the idea that somebody who is disabled we you know the you know the the attitude is well people who are disabled need perhaps um society to make access easier for disabled people in order that they as they are can contribute to society in a way that is rewarding for them and means that they become you know tax-paying capable members of society who have the same opportunities and things as, as, as everybody else and they just need a little bit of extra help with access whether that be physical access of ramps or or with neurodiverse people just certain access requirements that make them fitting into the workplace slightly easier for them and it can and it can be done with a few tweaks here and there i quite i quite like this bit because they've set up arak and tuar as sort of you know arak's the big brave one and tuar's the slightly snivelly complainy one but but um tuar has a moment doesn't he here where rega says 
what does she say? Something. Eric's not a cow. He goes, no, I don't think he is. And you sort of think, oh, that's that's nice that that Tua, who is a bit, they're all a bit cliched, has that has that little moment where he goes, no, I think I'm going to be a bit nice now. I mean, it's a, it's an extra dimension to a, it's a it's a slight it's a slight kink kink in the two dimensionality of uh, of of that character. Um, uh, Ray Farlis has never written back. Um, he was he did Survivors with my friend Bernard Kay and Bernard said that he was absolutely lovely um, uh, and really easy to work with and and so I, when I wrote to Ralph for I think about the third time he said oh I used to know Bernard Kay and he spoke very highly of you and he's just died and blah 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 um, still didn't hear back and uh, it's, it's Rafe Arliss I think he is a relative of the famous old actor George Arliss uh, and he also once stood for the Green Party so what he's doing on the Blue Planet I've got no idea he's uh, He's a he's a he's a greeny and blues clothing, um, but so yes, you, you know the, the the Tommy thing is the is I think the big talking point of this uh, the, this episode where I th- I think he wouldn't portray the character like that. I'm talking about in the, in his place in the script here, um, because the idea that a disabled person has to be made better I think is now slightly archaic. And it's more that society has to enable disabled people to live as themselves within the society without, you know, without the barriers. It's a, it's a case of lowering the barriers rather than making. And I and I know that there are members of the deaf community who the idea. My my stepson uh, was deaf. Uh, had a cochlear implant, and there are members of the deaf community who see that as an awful thing because saying there's nothing wrong with being deaf is what we are and we deal with that and society's got to d- deal with us you know as we are we shouldn't we have to be made better and i can you know i can understand both sides of the, the you know that that argument that a, a disabled person go why why do i have to why do i have to become sort of more like you in order to be acceptable in society and i think that's a that's a great shot of the spider there in the corner um but nonetheless I think oh, that's and this beautifully lit this scene as well. Um, nonetheless, um, with within within the context of the time and the fact that this is a program that is to be suitable for children, um, and because you didn't see many characters like this on television at the time, you still don't see enough characters like like like, like this on on, on television. Uh, I think Tommy is a lovely character, beautifully played, and I think his transformation, which has a bit of sort of television shorthand, doesn't it? I mean, the you you know the shorthand is he talks a bit like Country Bumpkin when he's the um, Tommy who has learning difficulties, and when he's cured, he speaks RP because that's the shorthand for being I'm 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 not I'm yeah I'm 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 now much smarter than I was because listen I talk like I talk like people from the BBC but I think oh that's actually a nice shot uh with the with the evening and the dark clouds I don't remember that and this nighttime lighting actually some of the lighting in this episode is is very very good and I like all these big close-ups of Pertwee um and I like the fact that he's been sort of all knackered all through the night and now now that he's better he's totally better and he's ready to be sort of up and at it um but but within those caveats of, of of the fact that the the portrayal of Tommy by the script and the production uh, is is of its time, I nonetheless think the performance of the actor and the intention behind the character are a hundred percent 
you know on on the money um uh and 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 i know that john john kane took it took, took it very seriously and in fact he tells the story doesn't he of uh, he, uh, he 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 tested the bbc commissionaire and that he tried to get into the bbc but as tommy he he, he wanted to make sure that he could carry off being somebody um you know who was who was socially awkward as a result of of having learning difficulties but also to see how he would be treated uh in that way so that's you know that's a real commitment i i admire any actor that can sort of throw their performance into the real world um and 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 see how it works i'm, I'm not sure i'm that brave you know i, I always admire street theater people uh, chattering like woman at a wash place that i i i i I don't know if it's Let's or Sloman, but I I'm not sure. Um, they they've got a very high opinion of villagers and farmers. I think they, they think they all speak in sort of mouthful cliches of of bad metaphors. Uh, but ah, but I love the way that this the uh, the explanation of the backstory is told back and forth so that both the doctor and sarah have a slice of the action um uh and and it, and it crosses back and forth and I, and and i always forget that the spiders and he filled us in uh, <laughs> last week that the spiders aren't they're not indigenous to metabilis they are our earth spiders uh, who have been grown to gigantic size and intelligence because of the, uh, the, the you know, whatever the, the powers of the, the, the crystal and the innate qualities of the, you know, the insides of the mountain on, on Metabilis. Um, which is nice because it, it means, you know, you could have just had a, 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 you know, a planet of alien spiders, but the fact that they have the tie to Earth, you know, it's, you know, Russell T. Davis theory, isn't it? It actually, you know, if if, if it's an Earth colony or the, these people of Metabilis, they are Earth descendants rather than just, um, you know, not, 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 not terribly convincing villagers, you know, from the planet Zog or whatever. They, they have a tie to Earth, which, which just makes us have a bit more identification, has, makes us have a bit more of a, a stake in it. But I like the way that, that that storytelling, the way that the script told the story is back and forth. Um, uh, I like the fact that Moss just panicked and whacked Gates on the head when he'd come to sort of uh, offer them assistance. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, I think I've talked over it. There's a bit, there's a bit that John Kane does when he's when he's doing the reading and and it kind of hits him that he can do this stuff and and he can't quite contain the emotion that i think is a really wonderful real truthful bit of acting that's that's quite profound about somebody discovering you know becoming aware of themselves and that, that i find really really touching um yeah it's 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 a really interesting part of the story and the, and that shows that you know our, our our attitudes towards the way that you would do something can change but that doesn't sully the approach of people who did did it in a different way with very good intentions and a lot of skill in a in a different environment you know um 
Yeah, he's very blasé, isn't he, Sabor? He's sort of like, yeah, we're we're uh, we're we're, we're going to get eaten by the spiders. Um, yeah, um, it's it's not as horrifying, I think. It's they're funny these corridors, aren't they? With the sort of with the with the sort of breakfast bars. <laughs> so here's Walter Randall as the uh, handlebar moustached guard captain. Uh, and he's going to bring John Pertwee to the end of episode three, uh, which I think is now, except it's not because they've had to cut some scenes or or it's not. So Max Faulkner here, one of the heroes of the Pertwee era, uh, a, a, a stuntman who's actually a very decent actor, um, uh, doesn't get a credit in this episode because he's not in this episode because this is this is now... This is the next episode that has been brought forward to this episode because there's not enough uh, in, in, in there hadn't been enough action to, to see this episode through. And this will have a huge knock on effect as the story continues, which means that episode six is largely episode five. Uh, <laughs> uh, but a Max Faulkner, um, uh, he's, he's, he gets a very good part in the android invasion. He's Corporal Adams. He's the guy that chucks himself uh off the mountain uh, off the off the cliff at the beginning but he's he crops up in all sorts of he's just been in the monster of peladon uh, dying twice in one episode um uh but uh yeah a, a very decent actor uh, another one that i would have loved to have interviewed but um never got the chance never actually got hold of him but but Derek ware said he felt he probably wouldn't have given an interview um which is a shame because uh, he was he was one of those who yeah who was always always around but nobody nobody seemed to have picked up on. Um, anyway, so we have that yeah what should have been a sort of slightly comedy grace note if you like uh, of of Planet of the Spiders that oh the doctors come in Sarah thinks she's being rescued oh no look I've got guards behind me wah, 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 suddenly becomes no 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 this is the this is the dramatic high point uh because the the actual dramatic high point uh uh still left us with too much of the episode to go and the bbc wouldn't have been happy uh, and i think that's i think i'm right in saying that that's because there were certain out exterior scenes that uh, barry letts decided were, weren't working at all but yeah it all gets a bit messy but within all of that mess i think there was plenty uh there uh that uh that that was really really nicely done um i i i i i liked the uh i liked the the you know the the, the storytelling um you know going going back and forth um uh you know i thought that was a very neat way of doing uh you know d d doing the backstory from the two from the two different perspectives um i i oh hang on shush shush uh i i sorry uh there's a slight cut there because <laughs> the thing was going do lally so look i got slightly distracted uh, at a couple of moments there that i really liked i i liked uh lupton sitting with his spider uh, and I, I like the rivalry that, that Lupton Spider has with the Queen Spider. I like the fact that there's a bit of spider politics. It stops them being, you know, just a sort of boring m melee of ar arachnids. 
Um, but I, 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 yeah, I'd forgotten. I thought maybe Lupton had done his best stuff, but I think him sort of rather arrogantly sitting, sitting on the uh, the spider, the spider chaise long or whatever it is, uh, is is rather a nice image. I like, and I, I like anything in Doctor Who that is a juxtaposition of the ordinary and the extraordinary, and a and a man in a roll neck sweater and a tweed jacket sitting amongst a load of uh, animated uh, talking sp- spiders. Uh, but 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 in a way that sort of revels in that I I love I love that image and I I like the way John Dearth supports comports himself there, um, but the bit and I'm I'm very fam- familiar with it so I'm sort of kicking myself for for talking about different things during it and not or not paying it its its proper dues so apologies to those of you who were watching along and I was going off on a, on another tangent or probably um uh get, get tying myself up in knots trying to get a, a a very simple perspective and sentence out but approaching it from four different directions uh and, and getting there eventually by which time everyone had died of old age anyway um it's the i've just done it again um this it's it is the scene when we say our prayers and I also like the fact that that book has a little pencil drawing in it because those Peter and James or you always find some some kid had done a drawing or something in it so I found that particularly real I love Tommy's little cubby hole with all of his stuff but when he awakes and he goes we say our prayers and his and his brain is working so much quicker and and he and he eventually he, he doesn't even say the words he just whispers them and, he, and, and 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 it's like he's he's realizing the enormity of it and that little sort of plaintive whisper he does which is i can't quite believe i'm doing this and i'm struggling to process it because the consequences of this are quite enormous is a beautiful piece of acting and i and i think it's a it's a and it's such an unusual thing in in you know cl- classic who to he's he's such he's such an interestingly conceived character uh, and he's so well pulled off i lo- i love tommy and i love john kane's performance uh, i love the fact that john kane <laughs> was in uh, peter brooks midsummer night's dream and wrote terry in june so i love everything about this um but I think that bit where he reads the book is a really good piece of acting. I find it, I find it terribly moving, um, and really well done, and above and beyond what you kind of expect from Doctor Who. So welcome, so welcome, but somehow special somehow a little bit more and uh, you know in a story that's got a, a good villain talking spiders uh that, that I, you know the buddhist thread work through john pertwee being brilliant elizabeth sladen being fantastic mike yates getting his own sort of side adventure the fact that you've got this beautiful character and this wonderful actor coming in and doing and also not a you know not a not a you know quite often you watch a doctor and you go oh it's that bloke from that thing or that famous actor doing that you know john john kane has his claims to fame but you know, I, I think most most of us w- watching this don't 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 have any baggage with him, really. I mean, I know he was in Peter Brook's Midsummer Night's Dream and he wrote Terry and June, but that 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 that's not really performance baggage that I that I, in the same way that you know William Gaunt coming in 
to play against the no place like home character that i knew him from you know to, to, to be playing an assassin or whatever all you know lots of the actors that we know from other things i think john john kane is kind of a sort of blank canvas for us um so that tommy is totally inhabited and tommy yeah is is a you know shines like a beacon of quality i think in the in those moments really special so for me it's the scene where tommy my favorite thing even though i talked about it because i was trying to i was i was trying to just add a little bit of perspective about how um you know at at attitudes and ways of presenting things change but that doesn't mean you know because i think sometimes yeah, I, I read people saying oh uh just because they did it that way then that's that you know that's that's not an excuse well yeah it, it, it is it is an excuse within the context of everything at the time this was decent benevolent people creating a nice character and doing it beautifully we wouldn't do it like that now that's okay that's okay then and that's okay now uh and and what that is i think is lovely um i think is lovely uh and it's a it's a it's a performance to cherish that scene in particular so yes tommy reading his book is my favorite bit of episode four now part four has an amazing sequence in it because I think one of the characters that, that kind of was quite profound to me in, in the whole series was Tommy. Uh, Tommy was a man with learning difficulties who basically lived at the uh, the monastery, the, the, the centre as such, and he was the odd job guy. And he was treated quite badly by people, um, well, badly by horrible people and nicely by nice people uh, because he had learning difficulties. So... He's, he starts off and you can see that he's actually, he feels things very profoundly. Um, so he's trying to read in this scene and, and he keeps looking at this, uh, the, the, the Metabulus 3 crystal, which he's stolen because he's a bit of a magpie and he takes pretty things. And he's looking into the Metabulus 3 crystal and it clears the pathways of his mind. And basically restores his learning abilities as it were and um i i hesitate to use the word normal because neurodiversity is a good thing um but what it does is it it makes him intelligent and he's able to read and he's able to reason and later on he turns out to be uh, very important because of his uh, his resistance to the power of the spiders and i found this very interesting the idea that he was being uh, the, the, the crystals were not evil they had the ability to actually do other things but I love Tommy the character was really important to me for this show I really liked him yes so we're of uh, we're, 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 so that actually means come part four it's to all so I've, I've still got a dog in this fight um, yeah it was important to choose Tommy I think that, that was a no brainer even though you know in, a, in in an episode without that scene and it is great, isn't it? The way he keeps sort of looking at the crystal, and of course, you know, his 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 uh, being given Yates's appalling medallion uh, earlier in the story. I like the way she describes him as a magpie. You know, sets up the idea that he likes shiny things. So that means that his taking of the crystal, um, you know, is 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 explained why he does that. But also, without him being a sort of bad thief, it's that he's very innocently drawn to shiny things so he doesn't you know it's, it's it's not like he's he's stolen it 
in the way that somebody who was up to no good will have stolen it although the, the the impact on the plot is the same which is very very handy so i think that's all very nicely melded together so but you know yeah in another in another uh, you know in a, in, a, in, a, in a, that episode without tommy there'd still be stuff i you know the the, the 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 script going back and forth to explain about the spiders um lupton sit i love the way that lupton sits on sits on the edge of the the the, the spider desk uh and uh, yeah and the relationship between lupton spider and the queen spider so there's loads in that there's loads in that i've got my mojo back uh i've uh like john put was doctor i had a rough night but i've woken up i had a rough night in episode three and i've woken up with renewed vim and vigor in episode four so let's hope that can power me through episodes five and six which are largely the same episode as we will discover uh i do love doc too i mean real credit to john kane uh who i think uh you know i'm 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 pleased to be able to to give the nod to in that episode i think it's i think it's very very lovely um and i think you're very lovely listeners so thanks for being here join me and annie wallace uh, when we go to episode five of planet of the spiders on the next edition of happy times and places well i'm very grateful indeed to you all for listening to happy times and places which is presented by me, Toby Haydock, and my special guest is Annie Wallace, who can be found on Twitter at Annie Wallace. And I'm grateful to Annie, of course, and to the many patrons who make these podcasts possible. And they include Thomas Gerrier, Lisa Gledhill, Ginger Animator, Charles Gears, David Gillespie, Paul Gibbons, Mark Findlay-Smith, Andrew Egan, Jeff Edwards, Andrew East, Paul Dykes, Drew, give me a surname, Drew, Tim Dickinson, Ian Dean, Shanti Day, Robert Davies, Hugh Davies, Chris Davies, Rob Dawson, Matt Dale, Paul Philip Dahlgren, Simon Curtis, Dave Curran, Steve Cuniff, Lee Kremen, Philip Craggs, Peter Crocker, Ben Cowdell, Leslie Coots, Paul Cornell, Matt Corner, Martin Cook, Ben Cook, and Paul Colnaghi. The music is by Dave Gates, the artwork by Dylan Patterson. Did you like the sound of that bunch? Well, you too can meet with them in a basement and shout om until I materialise a podcast and bonus material and all sorts of other things, which are patron-only treats uh, for £3 a month or more. But the, the minimum is £3 a month where you get advanced material, you get monthly AMAs, you get a podcast that's just for you and you get your name mentioned in the credits. There are various tiers that lure you up the ladder, but most things are available at £3 a month, and you can even get a 10% discount on that, and indeed on all tiers, if you sign up for a year. But that means you're, you're locked in the basement. I'm going to stop the basement analogy, because although it's appropriate for Planet of the Spiders, other than that it just sounds really dodgy uh so look before i zap you with my blue lightning uh you can just go to kofi.com if you would prefer not to be locked in 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 the, in the basement and there you can just you can just occasionally put things in the cupboard under my stairs see what i'm doing here uh and there's no commitment at all you don't get any of the advanced releases or bonus material or all of that but you just help to keep these going uh and more importantly to keep these as the patrons do uh, ad free because uh, i do not take any revenue uh, to interrupt the podcasts with me pretending to like an item i've 
I've been paid to like uh, and and then write an advert for that I then go and I've got one of these too by coincidence well I've probably been given a free one but I have to pretend it's good uh, in order that you try and buy one so uh, I'm not going to do that but by the way my wallet is amazing and you can buy one at but do you know what I mean um, so I mean to be honest because and, and, and honesty is not very good in advertising these would be kept ad free anyway because I just don't like the idea of having adverts within them but if you are a patron or a, a donator at ko-fi.com you you justify that otherwise unsound business decision of mine but this isn't really a business is it it's just a, a man talking because he's lonely and if you want to praise my loneliness you can go to patreon no you can go to itunes and you can go to podbean and all the other places on the internet where you rate spotify even where you rate podcasts five stars please and a couple of lines of review that costs you nothing helps me It's getting very late, and uh, what can I think of to say as part of this uh, post-credits thing? Uh, well, I've been watching a BBC drama. Remember, if you're not a patron, this is six months out of date. It'll probably be still on iPlayer, but as, as I say this right now, it's current. It's hot off the press. It's only on episode four of, I think, six. And I've been watching a BBC drama called The Capture, that I am enjoying very much. And it has an excellent performance from the actress Indira Varma as a sort of hard-nosed BBC Newsnight presenter, reporter type. It's got good performances all around. It's got uh, Holiday Granger, Papa Essiedu, um, uh, Ron Perlman, Nigel Lindsay, Andy Nyman, uh, all sorts of great, great performance from Leah Williams as a as an inscrutable boss type uh but it's really good it's really nicely plotted it's very interesting. series one was was okay series one was pretty good i enjoyed series one um but series two has stepped up a whole notch i think it's slightly more accessible i think the plotting is more compelling uh yeah it's good so that's all i'm saying i'm watching the capture on BBC One, and I haven't. Oh, hang on, because that's having. So, yeah, I'm now advertising something. I haven't been paid by anybody to say that. I'm just you like watching the telly. I like, so I thought you might like it. Now it sounds like I've gone. Watch the capture on BBC One and available soon on BBC iPlayer. I, I, I mean, I have just done that, but no money has changed hands. I've done that for free. God, so I've not kept. I haven't kept it ad-free, but I also haven't been paid for the advert I've done. I failed on almost every level there. If, if failure is indeed, as the doctor said, one of the basic freedoms, I'm, I'm as free as a bird. I'm soaring high. <laughs> <laughs>